0: All right, everybody. It is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have a uh, crypto 101 university. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy to understand way. Uh, and we have a weekly newsletter that goes out in quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101 Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the radio, gather around the speaker, wherever the heck you are, on the road, at home, maybe in school, whatever you are doing, guys, drop it all and tune in because we've got an amazing guest today. We're going to be talking about a whole lot today. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Uh, Before we introduce our guest, let's check in with Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind malone my notorious co-host the mr pete how you doing brother
1: i am in exceptionally high spirits today (laughs) and that is because no matter what kind of chaos is going on in the world it is nothing in comparison to what i'm going to be doing later and that's going to see ramstein live (laughs) are you serious yes i as soon as this podcast is over i'm hopping on a plane i'm headed to the la coliseum and i'm going to see ramstein I've had tickets that were bought two years ago and were delayed due to COVID, but now I'm sure they're more than going to make up for the lost time. This is going to be an epic rager. So this is the last time you hear me here at the Crypto 101 podcast because I died in a fire. Just know (laughs) that I went out the way I wanted to
0: go. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the German metal band, right? Ramstein? That's fantastic. Well, that's going to be exciting. Uh, It's going to be just about as chaotic as the markets are currently. Um, Crypto kind of showing a little bit of strength, oddly, uh, amidst just what seems like market turmoil in the bonds world and in the equities world, but we're going to dive into a little bit about that. Before we do, let's introduce our fantastic guest, Nick Swinmurn, who is actually uh, the CEO and founder of Helbor, which is uh, a really cool new uh, blockchain gaming system. As well as the founder in uh, just you know sold Zappos uh, several years ago. so welcome Nick to the crypto 101 podcast. Thanks. thanks for having me. Was, yeah, uh, we're super excited to dive in and I might have uh, also forgotten to mention your most uh, important affiliation because we share the same alumni network. Uh, go gauchos. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yep, that is the, that's the top of the pyramid top of the pyramid. Uh, <laughs> I saw your fellow UCSB grad. Uh, love it and uh, we're gonna dive in uh, first let's just talk a little bit about your background and, and catch us all up. Uh, how did you end up here in the in the crypto and the you know sort of nft world?
2: Yeah no, I don't have the um, the skill of being concise so just cut me <laughs> off whenever whenever you want. but yeah. I
3: uh,
2: yeah I mean I've always just been curious right I think that's what led me there. Um, you know when I graduated from UCSB like we mm-hmm. talked about I had I had no plan. And I just uh, thought sports might be fun, right? So I went in sports and then, you know, was, okay, sports is okay. And what's this internet thing, right? So let me go get a job, you know, at a company, Autoweb. And then, oh, why can't I do this myself? So I think it was just that common thread of curiosity, which led to trying lots of things, which led to starting a lot of things that failed, um, a few things that that worked pretty well. And then, you know, I think you combine that with, with COVID, got back into, uh, I, was, I was a you know, all I wanted to do as a kid was collect sports cards. You know, I was just down at my local store, stamps in the attic every day, just buying and buying and selling and trading my whole collection for something and this, that's bad. awesome. So in COVID, I got back into that. Like it seems like a lot of a lot of people did. That led me eventually to um discover Top Shot. I'm not overly technical. So I I liked the fact that, oh, well, I didn't really understand at first. Why would I want to highlight? Right. But then I liked the fact that. When I'm buying something, I know something's happening. It's going away. It's telling me it's going away to do something somewhere, which is over my head, but I don't have to worry about that. And then I bought it. And then from that, that kind of piqued my curiosity about NFTs in general, Um, you know, started collecting those when you couldn't really collect poorly. Everything Everything you bought was going up. So I was like, wow, this is great. But eventually, you know, just that same curiosity was like this, you know, Okay, I hear everyone talking about utility. I hear everyone talking about this, that, and the other. How many T-shirts do we need with the logo on the front? If I'm a holder, is that the peak of utility? You know, and so just kind of started looking at, uh, you know, what could I do? What what could I do? You know, where's the best place to start? How could I learn? Um, so I launched a small project with the idea of, well, hey, let's prove that we can mint something. Let's prove that we could airdrop something. Let's prove that we can you know, let people claim things, let's do a merch drop, let's do these basic things and see if we can do it. I figured once you're doing it, you're doing it, right? You're not thinking about doing it. And then um that just kind of led to going farther and farther and and really was the focus on just, uh you know, being curious, seeing incredible opportunity for all these ideas, right? I'd always been an idea person, whether it was, you know, tech, fitness, you know, clothing, food. I've opened restaurants, opened gyms, started clothing brands, like done tech stuff. And they all just seemed like they didn't make any sense together. So I always just saw them as a bunch of just random ideas. And so the big the big thing I got was this realization of like, ooh, I think web three, like it can tie them all together, right? They can can be connected in certain ways. And this is a new technology where which could be applied to all these ideas. So just kind of started um started going from there I've been a passionate sports fan you know thought I think there's an opportunity to you know tap into real life events so it's not the responsibility of creating all that content constantly the world has a ton of content that people are already passionate about how could we add a layer onto that which would um you know connect those outside passions and interests back to um the project we're working on so that was kind of how and how it got started I love your path and
1: your progress just from being curious and wanting to ingest more information and stay on the edge of what's going on. But you didn't just sit there and read white papers or watch YouTube videos. You got hands-on experience. And I think that's something that I really want to invite all of our listeners to do is you don't need $20,000 to buy a full Bitcoin and then put it at risk sending it to some address you can get $10 in Tezos and spend a fraction of a penny and playing around, trying to send it back and forth and doing, you know, different mints and NFT stuff on these really, really inexpensive chains like Tezos, like Polygon, uh, just for a couple examples. Solana, and
0: the Walmart. Solana.
1: NFTs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's yeah. not expensive to come play in the crypto world anymore. Get your hands dirty. Um, keep your education cheap. Don't send everything all at once. But then, once you understand what you're capable of doing, uh, you can really make something cool. So, tell us what is Hellebor?
2: Yeah, so Hellebor is the uh, the first NFT powered uh, play and earn sports prediction game. So we tried to take you know take the best features of fantasy, traditional player based fantasy, combine those with the simplicity of like pick'em, and then add NFTs as a tool which will enhance the experience for the user. Right, add more value for the user. Um, so that's it's a simple prediction game. You, you mint our NFTs, which are called the cyber little gremlin looking guys. And then you connect to the site and you're just presented with picks. So you might get a daily pick of like, Hey, you know, who's going to win today? The warriors or the Lakers, right? You make that pick. If you're right, you increase the rating of your cyber, uh, plus one, if you're wrong, it goes down one. And then as you level up your cyber, uh, you open up more levels. Um, and then when you get to the gameplay, those ratings uh, tilt the odds in your favor, so you can start a league with friends, anywhere from six to sixty-four friends. Uh, pick a sport. Right now, we have uh, soccer, football, and baseball, basketball, and hockey soon. And so you're just doing head-to-head every twenty-eight days, fifteen game days against your group of friends, and you're just kind of leveraging the ratings of your cyber to tilt the odds um, in your favor. Uh, once you get past the the very first level, we introduce the spread. Right, so instead of will the Warriors beat the Lakers, it's Will the Warriors beat the Lakers by more than ten? So if you apply your cyber to that, you've got really good ratings. You might be able to move that down to Will the Warriors beat the Lakers by more than five for you to win instead of instead of ten? Wow! And is this something that like it's just you building and you're just in
0: your house, you're coding, or have you gone and like you know hired a team of like blockchain experts to make? Because it sounds you know it sounds very complex and very cool. And I know you also have a background in in uh, you know sports. You're a minority owner of. Uh, the Golden State Warriors. So it sounds like a perfect fit.
2: Yeah. No, I um, you know, I kind of took the same approach, I guess, when we are talking to you. You know, anyone can get started. Was uh, a story I get, I guess, a lot of credit for. Was was uh, back in 1998, right? I thought about starting an online shoe store, and I didn't have a bunch of money. I didn't have um, the ability to go out and really set up a business. So I just put up a simple website. I went down to my local shoe store. And I said, hey, can I take, you know, actually, I just went in and started taking pictures. And the guy's like, what are you doing? I was (laughs) like, can I take pictures of these shoes? And um, I'm going to put them on my website. And if anyone buys them, I'm just going to come in here and buy them from you and ship it to them. And he's like, well, I can't give you a discount. You know, I'm a a retailer, not a wholesaler. Like, I don't care. I don't need a discount. I will sell them for the same price I buy them from you for. Because I just wanted to see, will people buy shoes, right? It's the same thing. You just got to get started and you've got to be doing something instead of talking about doing something, right? Um, and so that was an that was an interesting first step there. And so and then that became Zappos, which is like you know by many yeah. metrics the most popular shoe site in yeah, the world. That became Zappos. I, I I used that kind of first data to raise a little friends and family round. Um, actually, it was just friends of friends, uh, no family. And then um, <laughs> and then from there, yeah, we were, we were kind of off to the races. You know, in hindsight, you know, in reality, it was a very slow stressful. We might go out of business tomorrow, you know, years and years experience. Right. But afterwards I kind of took that same approach, just jumped in and just, and just started starting things. And so was the same approach with Hellebore. I had been working on, um, I, I had a bunch of ideas that I would, you know, generally would come up with an idea and try to come up with a, a name or a concept around it, kind of sketch it out a little bit. And a lot of things were in kind of stop, start mode. We had a a, a dev agency uh, called Southworks that we'd been using on this um, this audio app idea had I'd had and just said, you know early on in discovering NFTs said, hey is there any, can you like when people are recording their audio clips, can we just convert those to NFTs? And they're like, well, we haven't really done that, but let, let's let's try it right. So they they kind of quickly put together like a very simple mock-up of it, right Same thing. They said, well, let's let us figure out if we can do it versus let's go figure out a way for to use external partners said so okay cool and just kind of like um had that on the you know the back of the mind and so then when really decided you know okay here's a here's a clear vision of some some things we could provide as utility and lay a foundation for you know kind of expanding upon that uh just said to them hey let's uh let's do this but let's go through this test together you guys figure out how to let's do these contracts let's do this you know let's let's do these things and get started um so we went through that together and that was called the, uh, the fated renegades. It was a fictional project. It was a a fictional band in England and they were fans of a band called the fated and the fans were called the renegades. Right. So we just made, we just made up this story where the renegades went to this concert and they were abducted by um, a space entrepreneur, neon tusk, and he took them off to this (laughs) planet uh, called Hellebore. And the idea back then, you know, at its, you know, Hindsight being how I remember it, the idea back then was just like, let's create a story to prove we can do something. It was a small twenty four hundred mint um, at the time when everyone was doing ten thousand. Because I thought there's no real reason, don't have a huge following. There's no reason to think that we should focus on trying to you know come out of the gate like with hype, right? We should just yeah, it was more of a proof of concept. Yeah, and let's use storytelling and let's get there. Let's 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 at least end up on a planet that's barren, right? Hellebor is that, uh, you know, kind of colorful flower that, that grows in the darkest, coldest conditions, right? And so let's have a, we, had, we just had a barren planet with this one flower in the middle of it. And we said, well, now we now we have an opportunity to build around, um, you know, okay, you've got a bunch of humans that have landed on this planet. They can't really go outside. It doesn't seem, appear to be that, you know, nice out there. So what are they going to do, right? And we thought that would be a platform to create brands and create, you um, things and we said hey these are guys are big soccer fans you know they're they're from England they they probably won't they can't go outside and play so the next best thing would be they could sit there and uh make predictions on what's happening on earth and so that was kind of the first brainstorm that led to oh we should make a prediction game right and so then kind of shifted towards that and that was just just kind of that brainstorming curious organic like hey Southworks what do you think about okay well let's spec it out what would you need and you know and then you just go then it's just that eternal battle of um why isn't this happening faster because you keep adding features no but why isn't it happening faster i just told you because you keep adding features and then and so that was uh so we started uh we started working on the game last uh december um so it's been wow um, yeah
1: that's a fast turnaround actually um you know nick you really have a knack no pun intended uh for being in the right place at the right time um uh, and founding zappos you know just to the exact right time in the early web days, you're still pretty early on in NFTs and sports prediction here in the blockchain space. How do you know when it's the right time to
2: pull a trigger on a new venture? I think I'm probably a little trigger happy, but I, I don't, you know, I just kind of go with, um, my, my basic thought has been when it feels more painful, not to do something. than for the potential of it failing, then you should just do it. You know, like I, it's like a feeling in your gut. Yeah. You're like, I, you know a lot of times you you know i go to sleep every night right thinking i've just thought of the greatest idea ever it's it's bigger than anything we're currently working on and then most of the time you wake up and you're like huh okay you know the cheeseburger's already been invented or whatever it is you know and you're like that's probably not the best idea but when you get that one that just keeps coming back or you i think it's like you know they always they say when you if you when you buy a white car when you're driving around you notice that everyone has white cars right or or whatever it is and so i think it's that same thing you get an idea in your head and you just you see things differently you read something that may not be related, but all of a sudden it triggers more thoughts about that. You feel like everything's connected. And then, yeah, I just think I've, I've been really lucky um, to have, you know, Zappos as a, as an early experience, which kind of allowed me the freedom financially to be able to kind of, you know, do things right. I, that was obviously something that I don't uh, discount at all. Like I, I can, I can say, you know what, I'm going to go try this for, X amount of time and i'm gonna you know use this much money right um so it's it's a little bit easier to get started when you're not thinking okay how am i going to make ends meet today or right. okay where am i gonna you know where am i gonna get some money to just get this very beginning going but at the same time that's a blessing and a curse because it also uh it's one less filter it's one less one less barrier right so you, sometimes you charge ahead on ideas that um that you can't remember why later um, but i just think you know i think it's just um I'm not incredibly technical. So it probably uh, is something where it's got to be something where there's enough of it floating around in the world for me to for me to catch on to it, which probably means that I'm a little bit closer to the mass audience understanding it than others. So I'm probably not always that early, which which um, you know, it's helpful because again, I I think the biggest challenge is remembering things accurately, right? Like revisionist history is so hard. You always you always look back and you go, ah, we were working on that like five years ago, but you're just remembering, you're seeing what's out there now that is popular. And you're saying, you're remembering what you were working on kind of, you know, like conflating point. the two. Yeah. 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 It's the same thing when you, I, I try not to beat myself up too bad, either about poor decisions because you say, Hey, is it safe to say that in the moment, you never made a decision that was bad on purpose? You know, you never said, you know what, I've got this data, I've got these circumstances, I've got this opinion, therefore, I'm going to do something which doesn't make any sense, right? Usually, it's like, oh, you see something, you you believe it to be true, you look around, you say, this is the best decision right now. So, yeah, I think it's just being curious, you know, being lucky. Um, to be yeah, I like, the right I time. like what
0: you said about, like, um, you're like, You know, I'm not like the early, early, early adopter, but they also say like in in trend trading, you know, for instance, it's like the most dangerous part of the trend is like trying to catch that first 10% and time that last 10% on your exit. So you're just like, hey, very clearly a a huge trend has unfolded. It might have already had its first 10%, but there's still the meat of the equation uh, and a lot of meat on the bone uh, to kind of, um, you know, sink your teeth into, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean I think right now the you know obviously we're in we're in a bit of a bear but the um mm-hmm. you know it was did you see enough to believe right? Like a lot of if you just saw if you just saw an opportunity to make speculative investments and that would only go up and that's all you saw then you're probably not looking right now at like ooh what's possible right? But if you saw something else then you saw it as like okay I think this could make a whole bunch of things better. I can't imagine why we would go, why we would just abandon this, this technology. Right. And so there will be opportunity. We just don't know when, you know, mm. and so you just kind of got to get at least have that, that core belief. I mean, more people, you know, when the, what was it super lot or Powerball, whatever, when that gets high, everyone buys it. Right. But more <laughs> yeah. people just go buy a, buy a, a cheeseburger on a daily basis because they know hey four bucks this is what i'm getting i'm gonna buy this <laughs> and so it's like you're kind of looking for those opportunities where it's like um and i think that'll be the next phase right is the next phase is a fair exchange at the time of purchase something you feel good about you're not buying something i think it's just so stressful to buy something if your only reason for buying it is this expectation that it will immediately increase in value or that by buying it someone will at some point give you something free you know like it's okay if you if you buy it going hey i'm going to buy this because i know i'm going to get a free hat or a free t-shirt or i'm going to get a free you know entry into a an event that's fine but i felt like the stage uh, which i got caught in up in just like everyone else of like we're gonna buy these things and they're gonna be worth more and then we're also gonna get airdropped these you know tokens or coins and we're gonna you know it's just like a whole um that wasn't, that wasn't sustainable, you know? But again, with hindsight in the middle of it, it felt like, shit, this is the new normal. We're gonna, you know, we don't have to do anything. All we got to do is buy stuff. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, but no, I think it's.
3: um. You have one unheard message.
0: Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Let's face it, we've all gotten burned by crypto at one point. I mean, I know I have, right? One day you're up 167% or whatever, and the next day you're deep in the red. But remember, great investors know when to reinvest their gains. And this may shock you, but many elite crypto whales are reinvesting their gains into an unexpected alternative asset, and that's blue chip art. So from 1995 to 2021, blue chip art prices outpaced the S&P 500 by 164%. And this could explain why a crypto billionaire recently invested hundreds of millions of dollars into physical art. And even if you aren't flushed with you know, Bitcoin billions, well, you can still diversify with art like those guys, all right? And with Masterworks, the revolutionary investing app, you can actually invest in art. You can invest in a Warhol or a Banksy, for instance, all for less than a tenth of a Bitcoin. Sounds like a good deal, right? And for a limited time, they're giving Crypto 101 listeners a special offer. And to find out what that special offer is, head to masterworks.io slash crypto101. Again, that's www.masterworks.io slash crypto 101. It's important as well to see the important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash cd. And we're going to put that in the show notes as well. Do you kind of see like um, as somebody who has experience in both sports and now, you know, Web3 NFTs that Web like Web3 is really going to impact the sports community? Because I know that like like you mentioned Top Shots, like that really was like the first big NFT game that kind of hit mass market. And do you see lots of um, opportunity to increase like fan engagement, community building, all that kind of stuff with, with NFTs?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you look at the NFT as the tool, then anything that, you know, people are passionate about um, and like to engage with and want to get closer to um, there's opportunity. I mean, I think with um, even with Hellebore as an example, we feel like, okay, so, so right now I'm a, if I'm a fan of fan of the warriors, um, I can, I can, I can play fantasy. I could put them on my team, but like, that's fun. Right. I could, I could, um, you know, there's going to be exciting things. There's going to be, you know, ticketing. I mean, obviously ticketing will have stuff or, hey, I attended this event and because and, they want to know that they want to they want to know who, who are our fans and and how can we connect with you more often when you're not at the games. Um, so I think at a team level, at a league level, at an individual athlete level, right, we've seen, you know, these membership and access. And as long as they do it in the right way where it's not creating too much of a burden for them, I think that's exciting. And I think at the basic level, an, an area that we see exciting is just developing new IP right? Like saying, okay, here's our league IP. And, you know, but a lot of these franchises now they have, you know, aims to be Disney. Right. And it's like, okay, as an example, if the Warriors are going to be Disney, I don't think the Warriors would be Disney. I think the Warriors would be Mickey Mouse within their Disney empire. Right. And so we looked at it as like, okay, if we can create a platform where people that are passionate about sports can come in and we can, we can give them more control. So instead of in a fantasy league, you you, you draft your players, and then you watch the game. And how the player does is how you do. We thought, well, what if what if we can create the players? We could use the NFT as the tool there to add control to the player and create value. So now the player in the game is my cyber. And the way I make that player more valuable is by making more correct picks. If I make a correct pick today, my cyber is more valuable in the game I play tomorrow. Um, whereas in, you know, traditional fantasy, if I pick, um, you know, Joe Burrow and he has a good game today, it doesn't mean that he's more valuable for me, um, the next week. Right. So that was kind of the one, one key thing. The second thing where I think, you know, obviously and, and when you say more valuable, sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. when you say that the cyber becomes more valuable, is that his odds get better or he gets better? Yeah. So the okay. so higher, as the rating goes up, when you then you know we have a head-to-head matchup right and i assign him to that match it it tilts the odds in my favor so we have a little chart that says basically you know if your cyber rating is between here and here you increase the odds one point in your favor two points in your favor whatever um so it's useful for me in my game i can have a little bit more control because i could say if i'm better at making picks then i'll be better at this game you know assuming the odds are accurate that should tilt the odds accurately we tried to keep it simple So instead of having to worry about who's the 12th best running back in the league and is he available, we just make it, you know, basic, simple, who's going to win with a, with a, with a spread once you get to a certain level. And then I think, you know, the, the ownership, right? The ownership sometimes is confusing. It's like, okay, from a non-technical person, you get in, you go, I own all these things and people are, okay. You know, you talk to your friends and they're like, okay, you own it. What does that mean? Right? And so a lot of times we're caught up in, well, if, you know, if Netflix wants you know it's like this is it's like just this thing that's like not going to happen very often and I think as we're starting to see more and more now any of those IP rights based projects it had to become clear where the connection was between who's an investor and who's a holder and we're seeing more and more that those the value if a project does a big deal you know with some you know, Netflix, something like that. It's not something where it's going to trickle down to your, to your thing. So we thought, okay, but there is still that really exciting value of like, how do I increase the value? And, and, if and it's gotta be something I can control. And so we looked at it, like we could have scarcity, right? You could, like any other collection. Oh, look, this is the only cyber with a, with a, with a pink hat. But that's something that, again, I can't control. I'm just given this thing. But if I could say, you know what, it's going to be much harder to get my cyber up to a plus 10 rating because that means i have to be right in essence 10 days in a row because i go plus one plus two plus three. Oh, but i get one wrong i'm back down to plus two so the number of cyber with a plus 10 rating which are going to have a really dramatic effect on the spread during the game is going to be much smaller um, so now as the holder i created the scarcity i had made correct picks which created the scarcity which now once we have players you know Lots of leagues, people playing all around the world. There should be a marketplace for. Okay, I'm in a league. Uh, we do it the same as fantasy, where you start a league with friends. We give you some tools. You can enter a, um, you know, a community wallet or wherever you want to decide how to how you're going to do prizing. We'll do a little bit of prizing, but really the idea is same as with fantasy. You get together with a bunch of friends. You say, hey, it's going to be five bucks each, or hey, it's going to be fifty thousand dollars each, right? But we leave that up to the groups. And so if I'm just plugging away making my daily picks, increasing the value of the cyber, I get it to a plus seven. That's going to be valuable, hopefully, to people all around the world playing a head to head matchup where they're like, I got to win my league because there's whatever on the line. Um, I see. And so that was, yeah, I was trying to like provide utility, but also control where I can take action. I think the whole idea of taking action and having it affect my asset is, is the thing that the general population can understand because we looked at it and said, we're not going to be able to build what we want to build on the existing NFT community, at least the ones, you know, I don't think I, I think I think the way we would build that would be to just guarantee them that the price was going to go up by them doing nothing and just giving them, giving them, giving them. Right. And so we want to get more into, um, you know, the the broader audience, a much bigger audience, those that do, are doing uh, sports betting and playing fantasy sports. Tap into those audiences and say, "Hey, here's a new, here's an alternative. Doesn't replace what you're doing. We just think it's it's a better way. It's simple, so it's um you know it should be able to onboard even more people because it's not at the player level; it's just at the team level. And here's how you have control. Here's the utility and the ways you can um, increase the value of your cyber. But then there's challenges there, right? So we have to make sure that we can um you know onboard them. Can we onboard them without having a wallet but still give them the same experience? Um, can we make um all those things so that's kind of what we've uh, what we've been working on just create a real simple game um improve upon the traditional fantasy or pick'em experience create something new mm-hmm. use the nft as a tool to make that better instead of the nft being the be-all and end-all and then um and then just keep slowly you know evaluating the friction points and lowering those and okay what's the next friction the second thing we did was we when we looked at that idea of like what's a fair exchange on day one you might say okay that's a fair exchange um but like to play a game is cool but what else and so and so what else can we also build that will bridge for the future and so we created a rewards platform uh, it's called moons of mars and so once you have your cyber you connect to the game site to play but you also connect you can connect immediately to the moons of mars site and that'll show you if there's any reward attached to your nft so it'll show, like right now for the first uh the Genesis cyber collection, everyone immediately can claim another cyber from a different collection. And then when you claim that one, you can check that one. And some of those people will have, hey, you've got $25 to spend in our uh, commerce store, or hey, you've got a six month um, uh, streaming fitness program with Daniel Cormier, right? Or you've got a you know, subscription uh, for coffee, whatever it is. We wanna think that's another interesting area. So now we've provided two forms of utility. One is in the game. One is a little bit more traditional. And we think that is kind of the foundation of a pretty good uh, base to be able to explore and stay curious and find things that that can um that can tie into that.
1: I think that's a really smart design, um, and I love the idea of these powered up NFTs being tradable. You can kind of bring in like a pinch hitter in the bottom of the ninth to try and help you win your league on the last day. Uh, very cool. What are some? other games that you play or that you've seen that really inspire you or that you really enjoy and that maybe our
2: listeners should check out as well. I'm not a huge gamer. I mean, I play, um, I play football, NFL fantasy with a, you know, group of high school friends. Um, I play EPL fantasy with another group, which was actually one of the reasons decided to simplify it because I consider myself to be a really uh, knowledgeable uh, EPL fan. I, was, I lived in England till I was eight. Um, I actually was able to invest in um, in Leeds United for the Premier League uh, a couple of years ago. I took the same approach to soccer, actually. I, I, uh, I guess about eight years ago, just started a team in the town I was living in, in Burlingame, went through that process of like, let's see what we can start, like wow. a third, third division team. And um, <laughs> I invested in a team in Denmark that was kind of a, a a lower level team. and was kind of the the majority of the money and just thought, and we and watched us get promoted and relegated and all that. But anyways, that going off on a tangent, like that was, um, you know, EPL was like, even though I'm super knowledgeable, I was sitting there trying to, you know, put my team together, and I had like whatever four million pounds left to spend out of my budget, and I'm just sitting there evaluating the three Brighton fullbacks, and I'm like, I don't, even though I'm watched, I'm so into this, I I still can't tell you which of those three fullbacks would be a better use of my time, and so I started talking to people in the league and going, hey, this is great, but man, it's like actually really hard. And so that was kind of one of the reasons why I was like, I want something simple where I can do a little bit of research. I, it's it's too much to expect me to, um, I've had a couple of NFT projects, right? Where I was like, kind of excited about it because, because of the big picture idea. But then when it came time to like, um, get into land selection or these things, I was like, almost like they sent me a white paper. Paralyzed. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm not a big reader. I'm not this. So, you know, but I like playing like a, you know, FIFA and, and basic. Xbox games is kind of the, the the limit of kind of what I've done, but I really do like, um, I, you know, I have lived in Vegas for a few years. I really like sports betting. I like, um, I like fantasy. And so that was where I thought it's just such a, a fun thing to do. Endless content happening daily. People are super passionate about it. We've just got to find something that's simple enough. People are so busy. We can't ask them for We can't say, Hey, come play our game. Just go study for a week. You know, it's like, Hey, at the most basic level, give us a minute, connect, see a daily pick with no spread, pick a winner, come back tomorrow, see how you did get to the next level. You know what? Make a few picks a day. The line's introduced. Here's a simple explanation of the line. If you're not familiar with it, make your picks. And then finally get to the head to head level where you're competing head to head three, three picks per day against, against someone else. Um, so I, that's another thing I think, you know, kind of back to the, I'm not overly technical. I'm just, you know, I think I'm fairly simple, you know, probably, probably fairly simple. And so in a way, it um, it helps me focus on just a simple, broader opportunity. Mm. Um, and you're passionate. I mean, you got, you got diverse passions that really
0: intersect. And I think one of the cool kind of like secular trends that is a really strong tailwind to, to what you're building with Hellebore is, um, kind of like the the legalization of sports betting, at least here in America. I know California is still like behind the eight ball. I'll yeah. get your opinion on how that's going to play out in the timeline and stuff. But like, you know, it, you know, if we just look back 10 years ago, like this would have been a, a thing that would have been like illegal to do. And now yeah. it's like totally on par. What's kind of the landscape of sports betting from your
2: viewpoint? Yeah, so it's interesting. So back in 2018, I had a couple of friends and we were looking into, we were approached by one of the uh, attorney from Washington, D.C. who was kind of leading the um, the legalization of sports betting thing. And he approached us and said, hey, I think there's an opportunity for maybe a pure play startup to come in into this space. And so we went out, we met with um, some of the casino companies, met with Penn National, a couple others. We went out to New Jersey, we met with the uh, state regulators, and we tried to really learn about it. And we just felt like, huh, this is like, exciting but also we will have no control of our destiny like we have to wait for each state to get opened up we have to submit this thousand page you know personal background application and all the all of the um sports bets online sports bets in new jersey have to go through one server room so it was like this there was already issues of like hey well at least in 2018 they're like there's issues of how many you know how many bets we could take then you had to go to a casino company who had skins, you know, they had to apply for skins and they had the ability then to transfer a skin to a third party to use to skin their, their online sports bet. So we just looked at it and we're like, man, that's, um, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot and it's going to be expensive and there's gonna be really big players, uh, coming in and we're at the mercy of a lot of people and their decisions. Um, one feedback we got from speaking to, you know, when we got in with some of the people in the at the uh, casino companies i can't remember the name of the uh, second one we met with but the things that stuck with me was one guy was telling us um he created this very simple daily parlay card that's on the back of all the newspapers in england right i think it, the guy was i think he did it at betfred and i that's what i latched on to was like all this other stuff all these things hey this this very simple thing that everyone in the country can understand which was basically at the time and i probably still have it uh here's a list of all the games this saturday pick as many as you think there won't be any goals, any, any game where you think there'll be zero zero and you just do a triple parlay card. You know, if you pick three here, are your payout, if it happens, pick five. And he was like, that's like, that was the one big thing. And so I just left that thing, that meeting thinking, okay, you just need to keep it very simple. Something that a, the broadest possible audience can understand. The second thing was another guy said, listen, guys, I've been doing this for a long time. If I were you, um, we were talking about like uh, applying for one of their skins. He's like, if I was you guys, I would just build a free to play and just attract an audience. And then when legal is it, when it's legal everywhere, then I would just see what your opportunities are, right? You're either going to have an audience that's valuable to an existing company, or you're going to be able to turn on betting if you want to through a process, which will probably be a little, you know, a little clearer at that point. So those were the two things that always stuck with me. And that I tried to, uh, tried to latch onto, I, you know, I think, I saw in California, I think we have a vote coming up on um, on sports betting. I haven't followed it too closely, but like, I don't know if, if it's, you know, how widespread it is or if it's limited to certain areas. But my assumption is there's so many things um, that are becoming legalized and just, you know, it just makes sense to sports betting, another one of those. I mean, you got to put checks and balances in place. You got to provide for support. You've got to make sure you're not enabling people that, you know, aren't able to, you know, keep it, you know, keep it that, keep, keep it fun. together, <laughs> yeah. But I think that it's um, it's coming. It'll just be very, you know, everything's slow, right? Everything that yeah. everything is slow, and especially when it's state by state and all that. But I think it'll be exciting. I think you have um, I think it wasn't it the, uh, is it maybe the the wizards that are opening a sports book inside their arena? You know, when you go to England, when you go to England, you um, you know, I was a I grew up as a big uh, uh Tottenham fan, so I I went to a game um in the last day in white hart lane and I, I was sitting in this it was like this restaurant you could sit in and and a uh, little bit fancy figured we're going over there let's get this experience and the the waitress just comes up to you the same way as she's handing your menu and hands you a, a little card you can fill out and place your bets place your bets baby <laughs> yeah. you want to get your awesome. bets in and I didn't I didn't understand what it was I didn't so I, I missed the thing and but then I went you know went back to another game and you'd walk around the same way you'd walk up and get a beer and a you know and a hot dog you walk to the next stand and you, and you place your bets, and I think it's just a part of that, uh, part of that culture. But I think, um, you know, I, I think probably, you know, blockchain help, helps that. I mean, it's, it's very makes things very clear, right? Who's doing what? Who did what? It, hopefully, that could remove a little bit of the, um, of the stuff, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff that people are worried about. So, but I don't, I don't have a great answer on them, um, on that. I just think that it's probably, you know, it appears to be something that's coming generally, right? Once. Once it happens in one state, eventually it will happen happen everywhere.
0: So yeah, no, I I definitely think you're you're spot on there. Um, it's only a matter of time, and you know, once the floodgates are open, kind of like on the federal level, every state is just gonna, uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess one of my one of my other questions here is just kind of around something Mark Cuban had mentioned about uh, using NFTs as tickets or having tickets to get in and out of games as NFTs. Can you kind of unpack? what that might look like and if there's any maybe cool companies that are working on that kind of stuff.
2: I know there are um I know there are companies working at it, working on it. Um I know there was a guy who used to be the uh the head of marketing for the Warriors, uh Kenny Lauer, I think his name. He uh I saw that he's he's at one, a startup in Oakland that's kind of working on um, you know, blockchain ticketing. I think it's interesting. I think um, you know, teams are already Thinking the same way, right? The Warriors are—they set up their own resale marketplace because they looked at it and said, "Hey, why are we not sharing in the secondary sales if it's just on, you know, Ticketmaster or StubHub, whatever?" Right? So they went and said, "Hey, let's set up something through t- partner with Ticketmaster, but do something where we control the um, the secondary market—or not control, but we we have a you know our big players in our own secondary market." And if you look at the revenue they generated, obviously the Warriors are a little bit the exception as far as you know, the revenue they're able to generate at the moment, but like the, uh, you know, that was a big shift for them. They saw like significant revenue coming in from the secondary market. And so obviously NFTs with the ability to, you know, just automate that, like, Hey, if that ticket ever gets resold, resold, it goes back is interesting. I think, you know, it's much easier to attach, um, you know, perks, right. To an NFT than it would be to a paper ticket. Um, or I did, you know, even just, a a. Thing you scan mm-hmm. um so i think that'll be interesting i mean i think it's it's kind of one of the reasons also why we are excited about about the the rewards slash shopping platform we have is i think that's that's the thing is like over time it's like i'm gonna buy this thing i'm not even gonna there's a lot of that chatter right well do we need to rename it you know will things not be called nfts i think it'll just get to the point where you don't even think about it whether you call it an nft or not it's just this thing and so I think it'd be great, right, if we if we worked with a team in the future and instead of our focus with the team right now, you know, the traditional path would be like, hey, can we use your logo? Can we when we have a cyber in our game, can he wear a Warriors jersey? I think that's that's like that's interesting. That be, might be fun to some people, but it'd be much more interesting to think of you know things where it's like, hey, let's create some unique IP, some characters or something or some membership or some club that that is exclusive to this. Let's let them interact in, in with a game, but then let's also, you know, tap into this reward site and let them claim digital rewards, or maybe that's where I redeem my ticket, or maybe, um, you know, I get a special offer right before, or I get, you know, merch, access to merch that other people don't have access to. And then, you know, the beauty is you can keep expanding upon that, right? If you find someone with a ticket, you give them something, it's harder to follow up with them six months later and say, how hey, I'd like to give you something else, or I'd like to reactivate this. But once they own that nft it's you know easy to now you know as long as there's a place to go right the challenge is how do you let everyone know you know like i mean discord but most people most of us Discord's a little bit of a necessary evil most of us aren't going into discord that don't enjoy it naturally didn't grow up grow up with it right i I find that it's very hectic for me like in fact the busier it gets so you want it to get busier but the busier it gets the more confusing it gets for everyone and so i think that um once we can solve that problem which is one of the thoughts we had is like if we can have a place where you go on a daily basis to do something then that gives us a daily touch point to also present you with something else or put something else in front of you so i think that's an interesting thing for that we're hoping um whether it's ticketing or you know collectibles or memberships merch whatever it is if we can you know combine we've got this utility we've got this game we've got this rewards site with partners and then um you know that have an, an audience that need to use it and then we can um, do some really fun really fun stuff together i think is the uh is is what i got from it so I, I i'm assuming yeah i think everything will change i think but we need the masses right that's kind of one of our focuses what we look at is like we've got to get we've got to be one of the we've got to be a project that onboards people right so we're you know we we put our, our, what's called a beta up and we, and we, we got some users in and we saw it's, it's the hardest thing you're, you're building and you're thinking about it every day. And then things that things become obvious to you. And it's really hard to say, well, how, how to like, to understand which things are no longer obvious. Right. So you got to bring some people in and then you say, okay, what wasn't obvious. Right. And so for us, there was, um you know, some s- stuff with the wallets like, okay, let's make the, you know, so we're, should be releasing soon where you won't need a wallet, but you'll still, you'll still, they'll still be your NFTs. You'll still be able to, you know, when you do decide, Oh, this is pretty fun. um, Or I'm seeing other people reselling theirs. is I'm not able to resell mine because I don't have a wallet. Let me just create a wallet and and connect or, um, you know, we're going to shift towards, let's just, um, you know, let's just do free claims because the most important thing for us is not you discovering each level. It's you having enough to play, wherever you want right away right and so those things and if we can kind of play that role in, and also that i think the most important thing is the fair transaction which obviously if it's free that's a fair transaction but when we get into you know there's a little bit more of a marketplace we'll we'll never mint out they'll never be like oh um the cyber are all gone right Mm. it's just our vision is there'll be like weekly collections dropping and dropping and dropping and supplementing what the marketplace has so if there's no cyber if people are having a really hard time getting their cyber up to a plus six, then we can always say, Hey, you know what? We're going to drop a collection this week. Each cyber in this collection is going to have a, a guaranteed plus four to seven rating. And here's the price, right? Or hey, we're going to drop a cyber this week and everyone's going to be guaranteed to get X. Um, but we want them, we want the we want the holders to dictate that. So so we if we saw, oh look, now there's a lot of there's a lot of holders that are getting up to a plus six, they're starting to list them. You know, we don't want to compete with our holders, so get rid of those ones. But now, you know what? There's a whole bunch of cyber that are like, um, I don't know, like negative, negative five. That people are kind of discarding. They don't think it's worth. (laughs) You know, it's too much. It's not worth the effort to get back to zero. They would rather just grab a new one. So, what could we do with those negative fives? Right? Is there something we could do to kind of create interest in those uh, or encourage people to to try to rehabilitate them? But I think it's, um, yeah, whether it's ticketing whether it's, you know, playing this new kind of uh, prediction game or whatever it is, anything from the, the 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 larger world that comes in, I think for it to be sustainable and not to create this fear, um, it's got to be a fair transaction on day one. You know, this was a fair transaction, regardless of what happens from here on out. Um, I feel good about it and not just pure. Speculation. So that's what we've been uh, been trying to work on.
0: I love it. So if somebody wants to get involved, you know, how do how does somebody go from listening to this podcast uh to, to getting involved in playing hellbore
2: Yeah. So they can go to uh com. They can follow us on Twitter at, at play Hellebore. Um, you can follow me. I'm at uh coast hawk on Twitter. Um and yeah, we'll be uh, you know implementing some I don't know when this will air but we'll be implementing stuff I think most likely by the time they're they're listening to this absolutely um, they'll be able to hop in claim claim their free cyber everything they need to just get in and start playing and then uh you know hopefully experience the the game check out the rewards and if all goes well grab some friends and start their own league you know I mean that's the model right we want we want them to have fun be something they want they want to share with their friends and say hey you know what this would be a great addition to my high school fantasy group or my work friends fantasy group, or my friends over here with fantasies too intimidating. Let's just start a simple prediction league together um, or go join one, you know, that other people have set. So that's our, that's our vision. And uh, yeah, excited. Really appreciate you guys having me on. I enjoyed oh, yeah, it. Man. Time this flew is, by.
0: Yeah. This is, it's been crazy. It's, 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 it's uh you know, I love being able to hear just uh, somebody who's been through, you know, so many you know companies, right? And has his hands in so many different projects. I mean, we didn't even talk about Basecamp, which was something that you founded, which was, you know, a very popular uh, project management software. And there's so much more that we could take yeah. this, but we are uh, running up against time here. Um, you know, the last question I have for you, it's kind of one that we a- uh, ask to everybody that comes on the show. And it's it's a pretty simple one, but it's just like, hey, if this is the first podcast that somebody was listening to uh, that had anything, you know, anything to do with crypto and NFTs, what would be
2: your one word of advice? I think it would just be kind of go back to that. Um, don't be, I mean, be curious, you know, but, but take baby steps, you know, be curious and, and, um, you know, take little steps and figure out what you like about it. And then either do more of that, or maybe you stumble upon an opportunity where there isn't more of that. And that creates opportunity for you to do something, but I think it's just get in there. Get started. You can read about stuff. You can talk about stuff. You can plan stuff, but you just gotta jump in and get involved. Um, you'll, you know, you'll meet a bunch of great people. And it was so early that um, you know, you I don't I can't think of a better environment right now to uh, spark ideas that might be possible. You know, there's a lot of places where you go out and you're like, I got a great idea, but is it possible? Is it needed? Whereas this is so new. Um, it seems intimidating at first, but it's, it's really not. There's a lot of great people that are willing to, you know, offer advice. If you reach out, um, I think it's just the perfect place for, for curious people to get in, learn, brainstorm and, and, uh, you know, become the creators of the future. That's what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always excited about tomorrow. I, I, I have a, I, I really hate talking about yesterday because it's like, that already happened, you know, like we don't, we probably don't even remember it accurately. Let's focus on today and tomorrow. And I think this is the best space for that at the moment.
0: Love it. Well, man, Nick, thanks so much for your time. And we hope to have you back on soon. Uh, I'll see you uh, on Hellebore. Uh, I'll grab my
2: cyber and uh, we'll stay in touch. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Great meeting you guys. And um, yeah, love to do it again. Gauchos for the win as soon as college sports get added. (laughs) <laughs> I a yeah, we got, a, we got a big soccer match against Stanford tomorrow so yep. we, should, we should put that in there so here you go <laughs> alright yeah. everybody listening at
0: home uh, hope you enjoyed hope you're having a great rest of your day and uh, stay tuned because we got some more guests coming up later this week ciao